Welcome to the Uncut Chronicles. I'm Crystal. I'm Andy. And we are coming to you with information and topics every day, such as culture, trending topics, shit your mammy probably don't need to hear. So come on in with us so we can share more with you about our day. Hey, everybody. I'm Crystal. I'm Andy. And we're back and we're here at the Uncut Chronicles and we're having a conversation on part two because we had more to talk about. What are we talking about? Girl, so uh, if you listen to part one, we were talking about the Kirk Franklin documentary and just expanding on just how, for me at least, how emotional it was, but how eye-opening it was in this man's story. Because you you had to be a brave motherfucker to expose your trauma like that to millions of people who have millions of opinions of something that was so raw for you. Right. But off air, we were talking about, like, what about his wife? Yeah, what about his wife? I think people forget that when you're married to somebody, they've been married for a real long time, well over 20 years. And um, imagine what she's gone through. You know, when you deal with people who um, have systemic trauma or systematic trauma, oftentimes they have issues with substances um, of any kind, whether it be food, alcohol, drugs, sex, you name it, Mm -hmm. Um, the adultery, the cheating. Um, a lot of things come because they're trying to cope, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you start thinking about their marriage and the things that she's been through, the things she's had to see, the person she's had to stand next to in times that they weren't being the most loving to themselves, let alone to her. How did it impact her and their relationship? It's not easy. No, not at all. And this person got baggage, they got baggage, and they still got more baggage inside <laughs> them bags. I mean, you know? Because remember, not too long ago, um, a couple years ago, he had came out you know, publicly said, I have a problem with pornography. Uh-huh. And her having to, it almost felt like that Kobe Bryant, Vanessa Bryant thing where she had to hold his hand and sit like, you know, the diligent wife as he told people, I have a pornography problem. That's tough. That's tough. And I bet you pornography was like the least, the the least of the least of it. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like me saying, hey, I'm an emotional eater, but I didn't tell you that I ate the whole table down this morning. I'm just telling you a little piece of like how in-depth it may be. It makes you wonder, um, not to, to be rude or, or digging, but it just, you always got to know that the, the situation gives you much deeper than what you're being told. Yes. You know, and I feel like, wow, even for her to sit next to him with that, with the kind of person, the spotlight, the exposure he gets and the celebrity, he has a notoriety. How humiliating that had to be because they're they're in Christian music. They're in gospel. If it was secular, who would you know, people probably wouldn't blink much. But when you're in gospel music, it can be a little more um, restrictive. It's ruthless. It's ruthless because look how many um, gospel artists like it's so unforgiving in that genre of music and how they just. (laughs) <laughs> it's almost like they dehumanize them in a sense because it's like you can't make a mistake. You can't fall short. As much as your song talk about we get up, we fall down, get back up again, bitch, wake up. Like there is no room for falling short in that genre of music. Like I, how many of those musicians, like I think one of them, I cannot remember her name for the life of me. She had She had an alcohol problem. Was it Andrea Johnson? Yes. I love her. I do too. She raunchy. I like it. I like her. She gritty. Because she's real. She going to cuss while she sing for the Lord. She real. She's real. And I I can appreciate that about her. And they tore her a new asshole. Mm -hmm. 
and shunned her and made her feel less than because she was struggling with her own, you know, personal issues. And that broke my heart because I'm like, what is this genre really about? Like, are we about uplifting and forgiving? Or are we about putting a magnifying glass on fucking people? Like, what, what's going on here? Like, even in Donnie McClurkin being very transparent and saying, I will never be happy because I can't really be who I am. How heartbreaking is that? Yep. He, like he may know you guys. Yeah, he can say it, but he can't say it. And, and that's... And he has to be alone for the rest of his life. He got a little friend on the side. What else? I mean, I think he do. But, but I mean, of course he would. I mean, he's human. If it was me, I would, you know. I mean, I, I would. Him. I mean, y'all just wouldn't know about it if it was if I was in his shoes. Because I don't think people should have to sacrifice their happiness mm. to meet the expectations of others. Mm. And I feel like the genre itself is about the journey and crossing over. And it talks about forgiveness, but there's really no room for mistakes, especially if they're publicized. And I think that's unfortunate. Because the hospital's for the sick, not the healthy. And that's, you know what I'm saying? And that's why I, I side-eye, you know, that genre of music sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, you know, in part one, people are pouring their pain into this music. And we all hooping and hollering, doing backflips and shit off the wall. But when they get real with y'all, like... You know, and it, with Kirk Franklin or Donnie McClurk and everybody and, you know, Andrew, and they get real with y'all, then it's like, well, did you really mean what you say with that song? Or are you really saved? Or are you really a Christian? Bitch, I'm human. It's like, it's that's why I said it's almost like dehumanizing. Like, y'all take away, y'all take the music, but y'all don't, y'all don't want what was behind the music almost. And I, and I don't quite understand it because that's what makes the music, my struggles, my demons I'm fighting, my trauma that I'm, I'm pouring all of this into my music and y'all are taking that and hooping and hollering and crying and snotting and backflipping. But when I'm presenting it to you, verbalizing, this is what I really went through behind the song is everybody got their nose turned up. What, what did you resonate with the song or not? So I, 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 not to get off track, but I, I feel for his wife because the scrutiny in that genre of music and the way they were talking about, he probably had, infidel, he probably cheated on her. He probably did this to her. Oh my God. You know, what stuff did he have her doing in the bedroom? Cause he was watching pornography and stuff. But like who that. cares? Like, first of all, According to the genre, they want people to be married, of course, right? Mm-hmm. So if they marry, they can do whatever they want. I don't care if you're in there humping upside down and singing Barney, quite frankly. <laughs> you know, like my thing is like, see, I don't understand. Like, why do the rules start to get more and more in depth? If the rule is that they want you to be married before you have those additional um, sexual relations, mm-hmm. then if they're married, then that's that's the end. They met quoted the rule said according to y'all, and I just don't understand why we why is that even a conversation to be had? That's not even my business for them. But you, but people feel like they can police how you're supposed to act in a at least like very Christian marriage. Like you're not allowed to be sexy. Or that's a lie. You're, you know, you're not allowed to explore sexually in the bedroom as a Christian because now you're opening doors to demons and you're opening doors to infidelity. And I'm like, do y'all fucking think women supposed to lay here and be a masturbation toy? Let me tell you something. 
everybody that's ever been in church a day in their life knows always something good. They're the most freaky motherfuckers. Yeah, the church be like, you know, it's it's like the way station for all good wholeness. Like, what are y'all talking about? Like, whatever, man. Like, listen. <laughs> No, no, ma'am. Uh-uh. Because for me, I just, that, that's not realistic. And that's how people end up having to do what they want to do outside the church. They keep secrets because it is this unrealistic standard. It doesn't make any sense. Who made up these rules? Um, it only applies to those they choose to let them apply to. Nobody has time for that. Kirk Franklin's human. His wife is human. There's a struggle there. And I feel like um, they're trying to let people know we're human too. You know, and it's rough over here sometimes. And I can so respect that. But if you think I'm about to wear a dress to my ankles all the time and we, I'm not about to be out here slutting you out just because you're in ministry, oh, you're all the way confused because it's going to look good on the outside, but I'm going to definitely bring you through this ringer when we get back home. Uh, I'm great with that. And I don't think most other people would have a problem with it either. So we ain't got to lie about it. But they want you to because it's almost like they still want you to uphold like this purity mindset, even though you're married. Like, okay, yes, we know sex, you know, procreation comes with sex, but that's just not the soul. You, I can't enjoy it. Isn't that crazy? Like, I'm not allowed to, like, you know, wait, why are you, why do you know how to orgasm? What, do you, what are you doing to figure out? Or, I can't figure out my body. Also, that's what I said. It's like they literally train. And that's coming from me as a, as a pastor's kid. Like, this is literally the stuff they would tell you. You're not supposed to be playing with yourself. You're not supposed to be doing anything of that nature. You're not supposed to be lusting after nobody. Them feelings come up. You need to read the scripture. That's a demon. You're opening the door for that. And I'm like, if I want to play DJ Hero at midnight, that's my business. If you're giving Gog Gog 5,000. Like, hello? <laughs> to your husband, that's your business. Like, I don't know. For me, everybody got time for that. I was raised in the church, too, pretty heavy. And so, um... Yeah, I heavy in ministry, even into my early adult years for a very long time. And so I feel like I met more people who were in between places than I did on the straight and narrow. And I had no judgment for them. Like they were just regular people. This is just another facet of their life. I never thought more or less of them. My only problem is when you're talking crazy about the person sitting next to you, when you're doing the very same thing they're doing, the difference is we don't know about yours, but we know about theirs. <laughs> That's when I have a problem. The fact that both of y'all doing it, I don't have anything to say. Clearly, y'all are work in progress. That's why I'm like, why Why is it so difficult where in that people living in their truth? Why is it so difficult to accept that? Because it's like, we want all this transparency. We want this, we want that, we want this. And this, you know, religion is for this, this, and that. But then when people start living in their truth and being honest and keeping it real with you, then it's like, oh, hold on. No, That's too much. We ain't, we ain't asked for all that. So it's like, so you pretty much saying y'all just want to uh, just... A, a mask pretty much you just wanted me to wear a mask you want me to pretend into this purity culture you want me to pretend that i don't i'm not fighting demons you want me to pretend that i don't go through things you just want me to be go happy lucky crack my bible open do backflips on sunday and go home that's what y'all want because when people come in here with real issues real struggles being their authentic self that's too much and I feel like that's not fair to, to the people or to, like, the children they're raising or their family because then when their kids make mistakes or do things, they're looked at as less than or how you raising them, what's going on over there. But they're human, too. Yes. Just like the same things that your children are struggling with, their children are struggling with as well. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's why I said Kirk Franklin's son, what is he so angry about? Has anybody asked what hurts? Mm, no. And I think he... I think because... and I. And I kind of viewed a little bit like this with Kurt Franklin. 
I think he kind of knows the scrutiny that he was under when he came out with whatever he was fighting with. And I think he, in a sense, was trying to shield that and cover that up about whatever his son is going through because he knows how ruthless people are going to be when they find out whatever it is he was Just because of who his dad is. Yes. And, you know, I understand, like, as a parent, you're trying to shield your child from that. Like, I'm pissed at you. I know you're doing some fuck shit, but I'm literally trying to shield you from that. And I feel like his son was so mad and trying to go public with everything. But I think even a part of that, like, his son even knew, like, okay, I don't need to say too much shit. Because, obviously, they told my daddy a new asshole. They definitely going to tell me a new asshole. So, I don't feel like... That's why I feel like we'll never know what the real reason is. But I can kind of read between the lines. I really think it had a lot to do with his sexuality. And him being on that... Um, I think it was like... What was it? Like... Bad Boys show or whatever. Zoo show. Yeah. They had, um, I think that really had everybody's eyebrows raised. And he would, I think, he, like, he would get in a lot of fights. And people would literally, like, pick at him because they were like, you fucking Kurt Franklin, son. Like, what the fuck are you doing on the show? And that's what I told you, like, part one, when they were questioning his sexuality and stuff, because it was like, you on a show full of gay men. What, what, what are you? What, what's. I feel like to even ask that question was rude. You already know what time it was. We busy, number one. Number two, I'm I'm here for the same reason you here. Please stop playing. We don't have to air my shit out because we haven't aired all yours out either. I just think that's rude. Like, come on now. Don't put anybody in the hot seat like that. Be respectful. You know why he here. Well, that's why a lot of a lot of them. No, I think one of them, I'm sorry. One of them were like, why are y'all asking that? Exactly. It doesn't make sense. Y'all don't, why does that matter what his sexuality is? And he would just, like, do very neutral ends. Like, I'm just me. Well, then people was like, are you bi? Mind your business. Does it matter? They could not fathom that. Say and bye I- and walk out my face. <laughs> like, God, that just annoys me. I just don't believe in outing people publicly like that. They're no. not ready. I don't do that to people. And that's why somebody was trying to stand. I think it was uh, Jonathan. I think he was trying to stand up for him, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was trying to stand up for him, one of them. And they were trying to say, like, why would you do that? Especially in this community, and you know how people act. You know how you felt in moments where people accused you of being gay and you weren't sure of your sexuality. Why would you try to out this man like this? And here's the thing. People who have regular parents or people who, um, hell, some of y'all don't even know who y'all parents are. No offense. But, you know, the reality is, is that folks that don't have nothing don't know how to appreciate when they do have something oftentimes. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people who don't come from that background where they have a parent that is in the spotlight or being a celebrity, they have no clue the additional hell it rains down on their families and on their children. So while you over here think it's a game to crack jokes and ask me all these questions and analyze me to death, you don't realize that you're entertaining yourself and the hot seat you're putting me in, the exposure and the hurt and the pain you could possibly cause me, my family, or my future. Right. Because you don't, you can't even fathom that. Your mama work at Walmart. Like, we're not the same. While we're both human, our, our experience is not the same. Right. So therefore, to you, it's fun trying to poke at me and bring that out of a person. But in his situation, it could cost him everything. His safety, his sanity, his peace, mm-hmm. his everything. Yeah. So, no, I'm not a fan of, of the foolishness. I don't think you should do that to people. There should have been some type of conversation that happened in the beginning to go over what we can discuss and what we shouldn't discuss. And, um, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody that you got, you know, something that you can't give back. 
You want me to analyze that and put that on front street? No. So stop. I don't do that to people. I'm just not a fan. That's very disrespectful. It is. And it's very hurtful. And like you said, going back to like, they come from different lifestyles. He has more to lose. Literally. Than a lot of them. A lot of these people, a lot of the people that were on the show, except for like Jonathan, were just like nobodies that happened to go viral. Yeah, just regular people. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And they don't like they don't have nothing to lose. Like how Jonathan has a, a a mega like cosmetology business, doing hair, having celebrity clients, all of the stuff, salons. He has a lot to lose. And you know, Kirk Franklin's son. He while he may not have his own you know quote unquote legacy or his own lane he's still attached to his father's name. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, part of me kind of felt like Zeus preyed upon their, their fallout and hoping that that show would expose what happened between him and his father and was catching him in a very vulnerable space where he wanted to be spiteful. Because I felt like, because you can see on the show, he really did not fit in. He didn't fit in. And I feel like people were taking advantage of that. And that sometimes comes with that, you know, being in the spotlight and being vulnerable with your trauma where people take advantage of you for their own personal gain and their own, you know, exposure. And I feel like part of him was still trying to protect his family, even in him being spiteful on that show. I think also that you got to think about like you said, protecting people, but you have to be in a very healed space after going through such things before you tell your story. Because in order not only to be healed, but once you heal from it, you can stand in it. Once you stand in it, you got to remember to go to war for it. Because if you don't watch it, people will prey upon you and what they feel is your weakness. And they will try to expose you or do other things or trip you up or make you go back to whatever it is you've already ran from and got away from. And so I feel like you have to protect that part of you. But it takes a lot of strength to be able to stand in it where people can't prey on it like what you feel like the network did. Because they're going to try it. They're doing it for ratings. They're doing it for laughs. They're doing it for a comedic effect. And the reality is, is that that's a very dangerous, slippery slope. And so you got to be able to stand 10 toes in it real strong, you know. It's kind of like, you know, if it was another artist, which there have been other artists that came out, they were like, hey, I can't read, but I can read now. You can clown me about who I used to be yesterday, but today this is who I am today. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, I'm advocating for people that have these issues, but this is who I am today. And if you can't stand real strong and there's any weakness, they're like vultures. Yes. Industries are going to eat you up. And I feel like in in the genre of gospel and in Christian music and Christian um society, it can just be very difficult to maneuver and be human and have a journey. Yes. I think that's so unfair to other people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it almost makes them feel like they have to dilute themselves just to be in that arena and be in that genre. Like that breaks my heart because it's like, I think the struggle and the authenticity and rawness of what makes these people and makes this music is what draws people in. And you can't even express that without the judgment of others and especially the heavy judgment that you experience in that industry. And I, I really hate that because even in the industry, it trickles down into everyday churches. It trickles down into, you know, everyday Christians where the judgment of who you are is so heavy sometimes that people can't carry. They can't carry. And then it, um, you know, off a little slightly off topic, like that's what kind of runs people away from church. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I didn't come here for you. I know I'm a fucked up person. I don't need you to plaster that on a sign and say, 
thank you for coming. We know that you got poor pussy management skills and maybe some trauma there. Um, I don't know. We want to be a part of this shit. But God bless. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to. I, I I just don't want to be a part of that. And I and I hate that for, you know, that culture, I'll say, that the judgment is so strong and it's so heavy that it runs everybody away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's why I believe in, like, you know, treating people with respect, honoring people's journey, giving them room to speak about their journey. And I really appreciate Kirk Franklin sharing his because he did not have to. When I tell you it's gritty and ugly, it's like, whoa. Oh, my gosh. Him actually talking to the people in his family and showing us their responses. You know, his aunts and other loved ones. And it was like, sometimes the attitudes were ugly. Nasty. I mean, downright horrific. And you were like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. You're just trying to get to the bottom of a situation and you're getting attacked. Just trying to find out about yourself. Wow. So I really appreciate him sharing his journey with us. Because that was truly uncut. And that's the kind of stuff that needs to be discussed more. How this journey feels and looks. What we're going home to. And how it impacts those you and those around you. So um, this has been an amazing part too. And I so appreciate him sharing his journey with all of us. Definitely, definitely. I I, I always liked him. But I think that really gave me a whole new perspective and level of respect for him. Mm-hmm. So my heart goes out to him. And I, and I hope that his, you know, healing journey... Whew, I hope that his healing journey goes well from there. Yeah, I hope it just continues, that he's able to continue healing. So I'm Crystal. I'm Andy. And we were on here on Uncut Chronicles talking to you about things, you know. Shit, your mammy can't hear, really. <laughs> I mean, she might can listen in on this one, though. She might like this one, just a little bit. <laughs> and we will talk to you later. Peace. Bye, guys. The Uncut Chronicles is part of the Breaking Ice, Building Bridges community podcast platform brought to you by Possibilities. Possibilities.